Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of the National Institute for Gamer Review. I am DK. I'm Lewis and our third chair today is uh, Jim Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted, I wish he said the N-word on yeah. his... Uh... So I actually brought this up uh, at dinner with Normies last night and they were going for it. Um, going for the idea that Jim Gruden did no, nothing wrong. No, this idea. Oh, Well, idea. that too, but everybody's going for that. Yeah. Um, I was saying if you get fired for like language... And you don't use the word nigger, you get to say it because you already been fired, like fired from your job for sec- for your language. You get a pass, right? You can. <laughs> that is the N word pass. And they negotiate me down to just one. But I think you should have a lifetime pass if you get fired from your job for language and don't use it and didn't use it. You could get a. You should, that you should get a pass. Just as the same as if an actual black person had handed it to you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hilarious, uh, yeah. But uh, no, our actual. So that's some, I guess, some funny. But and now they removed him from. Yeah, he's been removed from Madden, which we'll have to do an episode on Madden at some point. I think uh, you know, again, it's just like or, or, you know, football simulation and stuff. But but I mean, I guess I could sort of see the defense of like, well, he's not coaching anymore, so we have to take him out. But obviously, that's not why they did that. Like, did they take out Ray Rice immediately upon no. well, his that's conviction? One of the, that's, like, that's an interesting. Like, there's the d- double standard. Of football is that black players can literally commit murder, <laughs> like literally, literally, literally murder. Yes, literally and domestic then, violence. And then and, you know, yeah. one white guy calls Roger Goodell a faggot, which like no lies detected. Yeah, and just, which was also like at the time like the <laughs> yeah. I mean, this wasn't even like right. This was like pre twenty twelve even. Like, so I, I think you should fire everyone in that email chain because they're all probably like <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, he was an ESPN employee at the time. Right, not he, a he was he was out of he was out of the coaching game, but, and and I saw that uh, the quarterback for the for the Raiders, the team he was coaching, was like, okay, you know what, I actually like these rules. Why don't we open up absolutely everybody's emails? Like everybody's yeah. everybody and all coaching staff, all everybody should have their entire email history publicly viewable. Like I think yeah. that's the only fair solution yeah. here. Yeah. Like yeah, I <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I, I see you. What you did there, and uh, and I approve. I don't know why. We're, well, I mean, it's like kind of late breaking uh, gaming news and and stuff. But um, the actual topic today was uh, we wanted to talk about Mario, the uh, uh, storied character. I it was again, as was often the case with these things. I mean, I, I wonder. I, I sort of, um, I guess, the approach that we're taking here overall is you know cultural analysis from a right wing perspective of video games. So obviously, there's always going to be. Um, some bleed over between our kind of more general cultural analysis show culture terror that we also put out on this channel versus um you know strictly video game material because uh, i guess the idea is that video games or however you want to whatever word you want to use electronic whatever um are or just games are, are kind of cultural product and, and available for kind of cultural analysis 
when we're talking about Mario, it, it's a really it's a really difficult. Um, I was I was thinking about this before actually before you know we were even thinking about how to do Mario because like Mario isn't I mean Jumpman right Jumpman right exactly yeah. it was originally so so I guess yeah because the first iteration of the character the the character first appeared in uh, arcade version of Donkey Kong all the way back in 1983 1981 sorry 1981 um, and with sequels in 1982 1983 and then uh, and then the Mario Brothers arcade game not to be confused with Super Mario Brothers the Nintendo game which I think was my earliest experience really with with the with the character in the franchise um, and a lot of people's and I think really sort of set the tone for it but it, it was not inevitable I mean again Mario aka Jumpman is the first uh, iteration of this character was was originally like he was the protagonist in someone in a game named after a giant stand-in for like King Kong, you know, you're raping the nice blonde princess type, right? So like, it, you know, I mean, this is uh, it's just so so. In any case, when you're talking about Mario, when you're talking about Mario, uh, like, do you mean the arcade game Mario? Probably not. Do you mean Super Mario Brothers, a 2D, you know, side-scrolling series? Probably, but not exclusively, because now we have a whole, you know, 3D franchise. Like, I think there was a whole generation, multiple generations at this point, um, for whom the first and most, uh, the most, uh, you know, salient experience of Mario was, was Mario 64 and and the uh, and the Wii and, and, and Switch, you know, Mario Odyssey 3D games. Um... And then you get, and that's to mention all the spinoffs, you know, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, Super Mario Paint was a kind of a high point of like random shit for the Super Nintendo that had was, you know, like, uh, anyway, that's a whole other topic. So it's like, okay, you want to talk about Mario? Do you want to talk about like the, the, the 2D games? Do you want to talk about the 3D games? Do you want to talk about Mario as a kind of cultural object, a cultural I think icon? You have to as a cultural icon because yeah. like, if you look at the games, like there is a Mario game in XYZ year and it's pretty good. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> to be contrasted with Sonic. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, and no, that that that's kind of how it is. I mean, you could argue that uh, Donkey Kong is like influenced. If we want to get real, you know, it's kind of like uh, influenced by like a what is it? Like a Dirty Harry film. <laughs> it's like the Everyman has been yeah. too far. And, yeah, yeah, and he's like, no, uh, you you're not gonna you're, take our women yeah, anymore. But is that also you just, giant like, retard gorilla. <laughs> 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 And, and you can yeah you can do that but all I mean there is so you can do like a brief thing I think interesting that like it's an everyman character instead of a fantastical character mm-hmm but oh yeah that's a, I mean he's a that, plumber right I mean he's yeah. with the overalls even which is yeah and they got away they, they got away that more recently but like it is interesting that it's not a he's not a fantastical character he is a everyman uh which is it's kind of more Japanese to do an everyman protagonist mm-hmm I can whereas see yeah. Generally, American protagonists tend to be like some, if not like a, like, well, I guess the good British is like the opposite end of the spectrum, where like British protagonists are always like chosen by birth and nobility and, or, or, or like aggressively very not much not. Where Americans tend to be chosen by like previous experience, like, or their job, like he's a cop. Yeah. Or he's right. an ex military or he went to Vietnam or whatever. Like, I, whereas Japanese protagonists do tend to be more like, He's just some guy. He's just some who, guy who's like, yeah. oh, you know, it's, and as a plumber, you know, the paradigmatic even, yeah, yeah, case of of someone who's just kind of just some, just some guy. Um, the the kind of the development of the 
um, the lore, for lack of a better word. I mean, putting talking about lore in the context of Mario sounds ridiculous, and it is ridiculous. But the lore itself is ridiculous, and it never really. I just love how I've always like been fascinated, and, and you know, as a kid uh, playing like the my I played Mario the first two Super Mario Brothers games. Um, I was a little too young for them to be like to do very well at them, but I just really enjoyed them. Um, the 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 one that really <clears throat> stuck out to me in my memory and and that always kind of was like it's 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 um it's it's like kind of the iconic you know platonic form of of what a mario game is and what mario is to me really is is super mario brothers 3 i don't think i'm alone in that i i think in a lot of ways it's kind of the not just the pinnacle of the series at least the 2d series but the um the um it set the tone for for like what the series even really is or like where you know what the environment what the what the world to the extent there is one which it kind of really isn't but but to the extent that there is one um of Mario is we have you know cuz in the in the in the first so so I guess in okay so uh 1981 you see Donkey Kong which is basically just obviously a rip off of of King Kong and you got this giant gorilla blonde princess got a rescuer not really anything going on besides that uh then you get not Super Mario Brothers, but just Mario Brothers in uh, 1983, which um, that's where the first time you see the the I, I don't know that he was explicitly a plumber in Donkey Kong because he had a hammer, and it's sort of like why why would a plumber have a giant like oversized mallet? I don't you know what I mean. It just doesn't. I mean, you can sort of see like I mean, I can imagine a plumber needing like a little you a know, small mallet, a small yeah. mallet, right? Yeah. But, but also, like, can you see what? It, there's what limitations of what you can see on a screen at the time. Where how many polygons can this mallet be? It can only be big, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, the uh, the the thing about um, I, I guess the 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 thing is with 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 uh, Donkey Kong is is I don't even know that there was really much in the way of. I mean, it was also in an era of arcade games where I mean you know typically there were, the idea of an arcade game story is just kind of re- inherently ridiculous, right? Like it's just you have a kind of setup and you just kind of do you know you play and it's it's typically you would even only have really one screen that with like one kind of challenge that would just get increasingly difficult. You know, um, think Galaga or Caterpillar. It's just sort of the game moves faster. You get more enemies on the screen, maybe. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much just one thing iterated over and over and over again, which is the case actually for both Donkey Kong and the original um, Mario Brothers. But uh, yeah, with Mario Brothers, you see turtles and various other um, creatures, including some kind of crab-like things that never really made it into the subsequent games, um, and insects. and so various creepy-crawly creatures uh, emerging from the pipes, and your job is, you know, the plumber uh, was to clear the pipes clear the sewers of all these nasty little creatures um coming out of the pipes uh, especially the the turtles which you you land on them and then they flip on their back and you kick them off the screen and that's sort of like a you know setup for the for the rest of the series uh, at least the 2d series um now of course the the turtle shells are like i think probably zoomers at least and younger like turtle shells are something that you launch in Mario Kart. So right? this is where like, I want to I want to rock you as the, as the zoomer on the on the audience. So this is a I think the most important part of Mario's cultural thing is that even though like people bitch about oh it's you can't play the old games on the new systems, 
there has been so much re-releasing of the old content that in 2006, me and the buddies would all play Mario Brothers 2 together. So you have this intentional by Nintendo. You have this uh, timelessness of this early stuff to where like Mario to me isn't Super Mario 64. It's probably the most like visually mm-hmm. like that's what Mario looks like with the mustache and the face. But like when I think of oh I'm playing Mario, I'm playing it on my Nintendo Game Boy SP. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> with the backlit screen because I'm Gucci. Hell like that. yeah! Nice. Uh, I actually first put it on a borrowed color, but that was really and then, and then but anyway but i mean i've i just you go all the way back in terms yeah, of you like played people the, who play mario have played the whole spectrum of mario sure okay and i, I think that's pretty and i don't think that's like a unique in my experience you know same with uh Super mario 64 like it came out on the ds it came out on the gba it came out on these other things so it's kind of a universe very much like a universal thing uh and they're I mean, those are probably the only, like, the best ports ever, right? It's because... Well, like, it's also one of the things that's been ported... I mean, one of the... I, it was really one of the earliest ports. I mean, I guess you had kind of, like, in a completely prior generation of computing, things like, you know, like... Uh, 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 Zorp and shit, right? Exactly, like Commodore 64 ports. But but leaving aside things like that, one of the earliest, um, maybe the first true, like, home console port of an earlier generation was a Mario game when you had... Uh, the Super Mario All-Stars collection for the Super Nintendo. I was going to go deeper to uh, Donkey Kong to Atari. It's probably the port, right? Yeah. Well, but that was that was pretty... Co- I mean, the, the, the selling point for, for, like, in television, like, the early, early generation Atari of uh, home consoles, of really that first and maybe second generation was... Uh, it, it could play arcade games, and it really couldn't. Like, like it, the, the arc- arcade imperfect port. It, yeah. was always, it was just... It was varying degrees of... Sometimes they were better than others, Um and 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 some of them came somewhat close to the arcade original, but none of them came. The idea of like, really, until very recently, the idea that you would have a home console that could give you a one to one, totally, um, you know, high fidelity, like not even fidelity, just like straight one to one corresponding, like like you play Soul Calibur at the arcade and you go home and you play the exact same Soul Calibur on your Dreamcast, like PS2 shit. That yeah, basically yeah, not yeah. since yeah, yeah, even the N64 couldn't really do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, the but what I, I guess what I was saying so <clears throat> so that's interesting. I didn't know that 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 was so even with the Zoomers that that they had that kind of uh, experience. Um, but yeah, so with 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 uh, but I think with with Super Mario Brothers is where you really yeah. first start. So to I see, do fear this to be for, for, for yeah. I think it's it's going to be gone soon because the what do you call it post Zoomers or Generation Alpha. Yeah. Well, they're the yeah. They're slowly losing. Phones have replaced handhelds. Mm-hmm. So, as a the broad Zoomer experience is, you get a cell phone at like thirteen or tw- like somewhere between twelve to fifteen. You get your first cell phone, right? Probably you know. Earlier. I don't want to think about that for my right? kids, but yes. Anyway, and phones don't exist. Be- Go read Ted because it's <laughs> yeah. But before then, right? You have a Nintendo product of some kind, maybe a PSP if you're really Gucci, but like mm-hmm. you have a. DS, which is, or 3DS, and those will have that whole, like, backlog of Nintendo library stuff. And then, like, memetically, millennials will gaslight you and think some of that stuff's good. That isn't good. (laughs) But also some of it is good. Yeah. So, like, you know, going back to play the first, like, Smash Brothers, not so much great. I actually love, I, the N64 Smash Brothers is still my favorite. (laughs) You can see, you know, look how he recoils, he's been found out. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's more uh how to say contemplative you have to like oh my goodness <laughs> see but like in the and this is that's how like medic that's how it works though right They're, oh you gotta go it's a good thing but it's available yeah on these consoles so you yeah, gotta yeah. check it out and you check out the early marios and they're actually pretty good and then you know they can do and then that also leads to like you go and play ROM hacks on sure. Flash. Well, now long dead Flash websites. So this whole, <laughs> but now the, the the generation alpha, you when you have an iPod, iPad at like four, Yeesh. there's no real incentive to go play Mario. Uh, I guess it's gonna be like a, a weird era of people who play like games that are referencing Mario. Yeah, that aren't Mario, and that'll be their experience for it, or like. I don't want to talk to the kid who played Genshin Impact since he was six. Do you? Like, no. It's not. A, it's not a bad game, but like that's. But that, that's like all. That's the whole like. Well, it's really. I. I wonder to what extent you're losing the gamer cultural heritage. I, I, exactly. Well, that's what I was going to. You're say. burning Alexandria, yeah. right? <laughs> I. I wonder though. I mean, the kind of um, optimistic read on this, to some extent, or at least it's something that I wonder about, is like I wonder if if games aren't. Um, well, I mean, I think we know the games are, are pretty much in a very similar situation that uh, that uh, you know movies and pretty much everything else are in, where we're really in a kind of dark age and death of culture, and and uh, so to me, at a certain level, it's a, it's a question of like, I mean, I guess if 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 all you know is what's immediately put in front of you, and that's all your parents are putting in front of you, that's all you have experience with, then sure. But with to anyone, I mean, I, th- I think if you're even aware of, or like even mildly curious, the, the comparison between like any of this stuff coming, you know, the, the, just the slop that's put in front of kids, kids these days. But it's true. It's like you compare it to, for example, Super Mario Brothers three or, or or any of these kinds of you know like classics that are classics for a reason. You know, it's night and day. And okay, sure, there's sometimes some kind of technological, you know, uh, there's there's um things about it that are maybe a little bit clunky but uh i have a hard time imagining that it's just like completely i don't know i could be wrong well i, I, hope, do, I'm, I hope i'm right i think the and it's not just zoomers or alpha what do you call it i think generally i think you, i know it's just a broad trend in gaming is that because you have free apps and free games that so if you ever play a game i've noticed a trend where the first like hour is really like uh, and not only this is like a negative, like it's very like Rick and Morty style, like hit, hit, constantly doing things. Yeah. Because I think you need to, because there's so much free stuff out there for in terms of gaming. And to grab your attention. And it's so much of it is of poor quality that people have gotten good filtering out Yeah, bad stuff. But also that means you filter out like boring stuff. Right, right, At a certain right. point, right? Yeah, if a game takes like, you know, yeah. JRPG takes four hours for the tutorial. Oh, dude, I can't play like a Zelda. <laughs> it's hard for me to play a Zelda. I have to push that yeah. first hour or two of, Zelda, of any Zelda game to play it now. Which is good, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Your people are more, I guess, selective, but yeah, those games are trying to hack that a little bit, where the first portion of the game will be like actually like much better. You know, I think the first game actually do this for Bioshock, where that first hour of Bioshock is great. I mean, the first what five minutes where you're yeah. just like descending. But that first hour, because because yeah. it was actually actually they put the vertical slice that was shown in E3 where you, uh-huh. you yeah, go yeah, to the yeah, doctor's yeah, yeah. office. That's like yeah. the first yeah yeah, yeah thing. The first like hour yeah. And I think, and I know that it's a trend. I think they're trying to hack that. But the problem is, these old library or legacy games are not wired that way. No. In fact, they're wired the opposite way, where they're descended from court from quarter stealers. So the first hour, like, Brutal. often sucks. Yeah, yeah. And they want to they want to get your progress as much as possible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I will, I will say I don't think that's – generally speaking, that's not true of, of Mario games. At least the, the 2D and 3D platformers tend to put some of their strongest content up front. Yeah. Well, I think they're – Mario might be insulated this quick from the memetic value of, like – one that too. one, one a, is like, like the entire like the entire one one level is like kind of a meme like a yeah I recognize any any picture of it I can recognize it right yeah yeah and I might laugh like <laughs> yeah. yeah because yeah it's stiff well that and that also speaks to its kind of uh, broad I don't know if crossover appeal is the right word but like the you know just the cultural impact generally is like it's not even not a quote nerd i mean even before like the the you know pre-madden bu- yeah. pre-madden pre-bugman kind of takeover of a lot of this stuff and, and the popularization of it everybody knew the super mario theme everybody knew you know the you know if you were under like 50 you would have been and even probably a lot of people over 50 just you know seeing their kids well play if you want something. to culture impact mario mario saved video games from like yes from the atari crash yes and then mario happened and you get licensed by nintendo you get that big N of approval, and uh, <laughs> the biggest N. Yeah, the biggest N, and that means your game isn't for Atari. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not. It's not shitty, which, yeah. which is any day. It's like pretty important, you know. Gate, early, early gatekeeping of who can put out a thing on these things. The Nintendo seal of quality, yes. Which not, I mean, which, but also was a going concern until like 2006. Like it, that, that stayed on longer than you would have think. Kind of like the comics code, right? Where right. it's like the, the, this. Yeah, this like like this weird, you know, uh, vestigial organ yeah. of a long extinct era. Yes. Yeah. Well, but also it's interesting that Nintendo was very upfront about it, but they all still do this. Like you can't release on an Xbox. Oh yeah, no, no, no. You yeah, exactly. Have a- you have to meet certain, and then if you want to, like, I know it costs like tens of thousands of dollars to research. That's why there's there's sometimes companies will have problems where like they they players are demanding a patch for something, and they're like, yeah, but every time we patch, it's like. Twenty thousand dollars or something yeah. to like recertify through Microsoft or or whatever it is. And I imagine it's like each service Sony does the same thing. Of course, everybody has. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a pain in the ass for sure. Um, and and yes, Mario. There was. I mean, maybe people don't know what we're talking about. There was a, the the first generation of video games, home consoles, which as we were talking about, like in television on Atari, uh, were were mostly trying to uh, replicate arcade experiences at home. Um, with varying degrees of success. Um, and, and at a certain point, like the really, I think a big part of it was just the technology wasn't quite there yet. Um, especially for like Matt, cause if it's one thing, if you have a, as you said, a quarter muncher in an arcade and we have a, you know, episode on beat em ups, which is pretty much a, a discussion of this topic as well. If you want to look in the back archive, but, but basically, you know, arcade games are purpose built machines, often purpose built silicon. Um, specific to a certain like software that it was going to run like you know this was again an era of computing where um, general purpose computers were were extreme I mean those, these are like giant mainframes in government <laughs> buildings for the most part like the idea of a you know home 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 use uh, general purpose microprocessors were, were just not really there and to the extent that they existed at all as in these home consoles they just weren't weren't very powerful and if because if you wanted to have a nice experience in a fast game with lots of colors and cool action and stuff you would you would have to program it and you would have to build a, a box a giant arcade box these, these boxes weren't i mean yes part of it was the crt the, you know cathode ray monitor was big and heavy but also it was just they had a lot you know it was a, it was a lot of electronics in there um and and it was a big powerful computer that was designed uh, to run just one specific program um 
and you couldn't do that with, with your Atari. You couldn't do that with your Intellivision. It had to be able to run all kinds of different games, right? That was why you were buying it. Uh, and so, yeah, between, between, the, um, between the kind of lack of power generally and the, and the lack of quality control and, and, and in particular the disastrous release of the, the E.T., the extraterrestrial game, which is kind of like one of the, these memes and, you know, Internet lore and, and gaming lore of just like pretty much the worst game ever made. It, it, it didn't even really work. Like it was like like it was it was buggy to the point of being uncompletable and, and more or less non-playable. It, it, and imagine you had all these. Luckily, a problem that's been since fixed and never never reared its head again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but this was also a time when I mean, again, this was like, also like a patch is literally impossible because right. Like, like there's no such thing as patching an Atari game. Obviously, like kind of you, you how would you even do that? There was no internet there is and even if there were there's no hard drive on your thing i mean it's just like a it's again it's like a it's it's a piece of silicon <laughs> you have to you, sand down the connectors on the cart dump <laughs> dump the rom and then like edit the program and then yeah. and then rewrite the rom to a yeah. new remove like, the pins silicon. of the cartridge I mean, I just, and replace them with pins loaded by the company yeah, with different it's just, information right like, so that's just not ever going to happen it's not a thing that that's like physically possible and you had all these kids. This was E.T. was a very popular movie. All these kids want to play this E.T. game that's, you know, based on the movie because, of course, they did because the licensed product is, goes way back. And, and it was a total disaster. Uh, and, and you had landfills full of copies of this game because everybody expected that it was going to be, um, you know, a big seller. And it sold some. And everybody was like, holy shit, this game, <laughs> this is like not even a game. This is just torture. I'd rather do any, you know, anything else. With my time, and um, and so that caused a big crash, not only in the um, in the home console market, but in the arcade market as well. And it was wasn't, and that was in like the the early mid '80s. It wasn't until the late '80s, really, that that uh, that you started to see some resurgence. And and Mario was a big part of that, yeah. maybe the well, biggest the, single I think part. The of Japanese it. market was insulated from this because Atari wasn't ever really that big there. Yeah. You had uh, well, the Nintendo products, the, the Game and Watch and stuff, which was. Uh, I don't know, you know, yeah, that's a whole other kind of thing, but but it uh, was it wasn't it was insulated from the Atari crash, and therefore yes. it could come out swinging in a big way. Yep, and um and and yeah, Mario, was which really... is why when boomers say like or said the internet is a fad, the X Y Z is a fad, because video games were legitimately a fad that stopped once, and like, oh they're they're doing this again, it'll maybe crash. Like the the boomer mindset is like having watched things come and go, and maybe not actually come go, but. Like they, people saw the dot com bubble, and were like, "Oh, I guess the internet's done," because they watched the Atari bubble. Like, "Oh, I guess video games are done," right? Because it is. Because if you, you know, in terms of like your stock portfolio, it is done, right? Cause... <laughs> um, but but yeah, so so the uh, and and with the it should also be noted, I guess, not just with the um, not the um. Not just the arcades, but but the the Nintendo itself, the the Nintendo Entertainment System itself, like the really was kind of what launched the whole idea of a um, what we think of as a gaming console. Because again, you can sort of really like which people talk about, sec, you know, different generations of consoles. Really, they they they, they don't even think about the Atari or the Intellivision, right? They it's, first generation means Nintendo, and then like Sega Master System. Which is sort of the, the competing thing. It doesn't doesn't even refer to that because it was like a it was a qualitative leap in quality and power and just like presentation and and the whole idea of of what was going on. Um, and on that note, like it, yeah, I mean for the for the American release, 
of the console. I mean, every, you know, it, it when it was originally released in in 1985, um, it you could the, uh, the or sorry in uh, was it 1987 1987 uh, the basic I was looking this up for Wikipedia, but uh, yes, the basic set for the Nintendo Entertainment System first released in 1987 re- retailed at 89.99 U.S. dollars with no game, and U.S. 99.99 bundled with Super Mario Brothers. The action set... That's not a bad deal. It's really not a bad deal. That's what I was going to say. But so, like, it's actually... They were losing money. For sure losing money in that. Uh, well, these are also nineteen eighty-seven dollars, but but it's still, still... Like, no, I agree. It's, it's you know, it's uh, probably just about breaking even. Yeah. But the, the point I was going to make was the... Um, you know, for the $10 essentially bundled with your first game, was in the, that game is going to be Super Mario Brothers... Uh, and or with the what the one one forty nine ninety nine uh, nineteen eighty eight action set came with two controllers the the light gun the NES zapper and a dual game pack containing both Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt I think this was probably what most kids of the era uh, got because um, it was just such a good deal compared to like mm-hmm. I mean you think about it, you're paying ninety dollars in nineteen eighty eight money which is probably about what two hundred ish dollars today. Um, for well, yeah, just the, they're not paying nine dollars for Earthbound instead of that, right? Like, <laughs> oh, son, I got you. Like, how? That's such a minority of people who kids who like. Right. I bought you. I bought the only the game set and like and no games and, <laughs> and or like the random one game I found, which was like Earthbound <laughs> or right. Uh, yeah, like like not the, even Earthbound. I mean, because I don't think Mother One was ever released for. Oh yeah, for America for, for, for the in the U.S. So yeah. it wasn't not even not even. And Final Fantasy wasn't released till later either. Yeah, but it, like, what it, would they have played? They would have played Adventure Dragon Quest or maybe Adventure Contra. Quest? Super C, yeah. something like that. I could, I could like imagine if you have like a, if you have like a, a Zelda be, one, Zelda that wasn't until way later. We'll have to what do Zelda. It? I think so. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, that wasn't until comparatively Ghost and later. Goblins. Jesus Christ, you would have played like Ghost and Goblins and hated yourself. But could you imagine like what I'm saying? Nobody's gonna buy ninety dollars. Yeah. no game. You're gonna buy at least the the this. But the point is, you're gonna buy at least the the, the, the just the Super Mario Brothers uh, package. If not for early adopt for early adopters, that would have been. If not the uh, the really quite good deal with with Duck Hunt yeah. and the Zapper as well, and the point being, I guess that that Mario to a lot of to this generation and and to a lot of like you know all these kind of people it would be like you may you I'm sure you're gonna have other games you have Mega Man you have all kinds of stuff we should talk Mega Man another time all, all, all this great stuff right uh, all these classics but pretty much any package you get with a, with a Nintendo the original Nintendo Entertainment System is gonna come with Super Mario Brothers. And you know Nintendo knew what they were doing. I mean, that's kind of almost been the the, the strategy. Well, yeah, they always do a great packet, and that's kind of the, right. Until the recently, app. they've stopped doing the killer app thing. But well, now it's like almost a different. I mean, it's like, yes, but even then, it's like you can still you can buy a Switch. I mean, the, the when the Switch released, it was no there was no package, same as with the NES. And then the first package came out, I believe, with with Mario one of the Mario or Odyssey one or two, I forget which, yeah. something like that. And now, of course, you can get with like pack in with well, you can Mario Kart like later package exactly. But, yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about I want to talk more about the actual tiny how so what defines Mario to me is like how like tight the controls are which has they've gotten away from the recent years have you played like the more recent 2D games no I played the last 2D game I played was I think was was on the uh, DS I forget what the specific name of it was but it was like the one where you can become huge huge like, yes yeah that yes. one's not see I don't after the, I've stopped liking the 2D games Galaxy is still fun and there's other fun ones but original Mario for me is like Super Mario Bros. 1, 2. And they're these tiny... Like, the game is... Codes terms, like, minuscule, right? Yeah. Thanks to Apple, early Apple and all kinds of stories there. 
but as a result of being so small, the control, like as a follow-on, the controls are probably the tightest. Yes. I don't think a game is surpassed that. Surpassed. No, probably and, not. And also because it's, it's not like, it's just in terms of like mechanical simplicity of the controller and mechanical simplicity of the code itself to where, because that was a definitive one for me. Have you ever played Super Mario 1 or 2 or 3 on a on a uh, Super Mario Bros. 1 or 2 or 3 on an actual physical original Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, it feels so good. Same thing on like a Nintendo SP or where it's I like, bet, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, mm, that's real good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because there's just less going on in terms yeah. of delay and, yeah. Yeah. And that they've never, it's never been, I don't think it's, it's almost unmatchable. Like, I don't think you could ever do that. You would have to have something running without all the intermediary layers of, you know, garbage that, you know, like multiple, like operating system and a blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, cause like, yeah, those are pretty much written in assembly. So, you know, and, and you're pretty much just using yeah. like literal, you know, like, I mean, it's just, you press a button and electrical signal goes to the machine at the speed of electricity. And, and yeah. then like it get processed in yeah. assembly. And also because like, there's also this like a knock-on effect where the game is so like it's so, it's so tight in terms of the code, like how fast enemies move is like oh yeah. identical in this color. Yes, enemy. yes. So because yes. you can kind of cheat in that, you can kind of predict. What well, there's no look fi- like. yeah, there's no physics engine. There's just like yeah, enemy behavior which is hard coded in this kind of way, and yes. you can predict that, which makes your response time actually like, faster than instant because you're yes. yeah because you know doing how a pattern across a screen yes in a way that's. It makes like I, I I don't like playing modern Mario games for that reason or Mario two D because the delay is so it's noticeable compared it's to so the... noticeable and like the ability to slide does nothing for me <laughs> you know I yeah I can't I was trying to think of like I mean again I I enjoyed I mean I played one I didn't get like I didn't do a hundred percent because also a hundred percent is kind of gay generally. But like, and like damn near impossible with Mario, right? Well, it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed the DS Mario. It was okay. I mean, it was like some. I guess the selling point, as you say, like as you say, you get super huge. There were different kinds of like you know takes on stuff. It wasn't particularly challenging, but you no, know, I didn't need it to be. And it was like okay, whatever. Well, towards the end, they do. That is a thing I do appreciate. Is towards the end of the later yeah. Mario's, the last like five to ten levels are like murderously yeah. Nintendo level hard, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is good. That should it should be that way. Yeah, Nintendo hard. That's a whole yeah. uh yes. Um Yeah, and and uh I don't know. Yeah, I I can see what you mean about the the um I mean that's the thing is it was just so well programmed, so well thought. Well, that's what okay. So here's what I wanted to talk about maybe like building on that or, or circling back slightly to the to the previous or to a previous topic. Everything about I mean so, so Super Mario Brothers Okay, it's tight in terms of the programming. It's tight in terms of the um, how hardware. to say it. the hardware. Yeah. yeah, but it's also tight in terms of the world building. And not that there's a whole lot of it, especially in the in the first title. But it's you know now we get like this. Okay, we got pipes. We take the pipe. It, it, it's amazing to me how like simple linear levels with basically you got two different color palettes. Right, you got like you got. Well, I guess three. You got you got outside in day, outside at night, and underground. Pretty and much water, I guess. You and water, yes, yeah. you got water. Thank you, yes, thank you for reminding me. You so you have four, four kind of color palettes, world environments, are kind of mixed up and repeated. It creates this amazing sense of like just this alien world, where like almost like you're going on a. It, it, it almost feels like an adventure game, or at least it did to me at the time. There's a kind of a uh, like Alice in Wonderland vibe to it. Yes, that later games that got away from a little bit. Yeah, because it's 
it's actually harder to do it with better more polygons well ironic yeah. no i totally well because like it's like you're it's almost like a text adventure in the sense that when you're playing a text adventure or or some of these kind of very early games you know they're more suggestive so it's like your mind is filling in all the details mm-hmm. right so it's like okay i go down this pipe obviously if i don't go down the pipe the game doesn't continue so i have to go down the pipe but it doesn't necessarily feel like something the game is forcing you to do it feels like a natural progression I'm like oh okay i'm gonna go. and then of course there's always secrets there's also pipes that you know mm-hmm. don't look they look like they're just decorative but then you can go down them and oh there's a bunch of coins or, or maybe a, you know warp to another level or all kinds of cool stuff and that, that of course adds to this sense of like yes it looks really simple and it looks really linear but actually there's all kinds of different stuff going on and it, it just all works very nicely in feeling like yeah so you know when i you know now okay i'm going down the uh the pipe into the subterranean area and and it feels like okay well wow what's going on in this like why are there you know what's going on with all these you know bricks and and pipes and tubes and sewers and god knows what happening in the in the subterranean area like okay now i'm going back out into the overworld and like you know always in pursuit of like there's this okay yes there's this you know the the blonde princess who's being kidnapped now not by a a giant retard gorilla but but by a i don't know what what is bowser like mythopoetically it's kind of always kind of wonder i I mean, I think in theory he's the bigger version of the main enemy, right? The main enemy, like the Cooper. Oh yeah, right. Like well, he's yeah, like sure, a, sure, sure. But he's a reptile. I mean, it's like a dragon. Like a Harvey Weinstein. There's like, like a reptilian, yeah. giant, fat, disgusting, preying on white women. Yeah. Well, it's like a <laughs> it has like a dragon yeah. element to it. Like yes. St. George's thing, I guess. Yes, if yes. you want to get. Yeah. There's. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, you're always trying to, and there's and not. It's not even. So there's always like the main castle of course now it's a meme like you know princess is in another castle because you go there's like smaller castles and then each world ends in a bigger castle and then you beat the bigger castle and it's like oh actually the princess isn't here until finally after after the seventh world she is okay fine um but it always it 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 it, it always struck me that it's like you know i guess it's easy to take for granted now and and again as i just sort of was saying earlier it's not that it like makes so much sense in terms of world building at a certain level. It's not like rational, really. It doesn't I mean and, and it's all very sketchy, but but it all it, it works. I always felt that it works really well of like, you know, the you have uh just the kind of creature design and the overworld design and and, and this this sense uh, of of like this kingdom in peril that's this weird place that I I remember where, where what was it? I, it's like the foggiest, foggiest memory. I think it might have been like a novel adaptation of Super Mario Brothers, or maybe of one of the movie, like that movie we were talking, the, you know, the the live action, movie, or something like that, for like you know kindergartners or something, like you know when you're you know you know baby's first book that he's reading that has yeah. words and no pictures kind of thing, and it was something about like yeah like you know I, I just have the vaguest memory of this thing, uh, maybe some maybe someone knows what I'm talking about or could track it down, of um yeah like you would. You would go down, it, it, describing how, like, trying to make sense essentially of this insane proposition of like, how does a, prum, a plumber from, I believe, Brooklyn, like, what, what gets, like, how do they, how do they end up in this magic kingdom with the princess? Like, how does that work? <laughs> you know, like, what happened there? Yeah. Or why are they Italian? Is it gonna yeah. be, <laughs> right. Well, like, they're Italian because they're th- plumbers from Brooklyn. But like, yeah, like, even like, <laughs> setting aside the. Right. There's plumbers in this world. Sure, I can go with that. <laughs> yeah, but, but why are they? Like, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, and it was this thing. It was something about like, oh, like they got contacted by Toad or something who came through the. 
But again, there was no toad. Oh, I guess nothing. Was yeah. there a toad in? in, in I well, guess he's, he's the one who tells rescue. you. He's the one you rescue every time. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, your princess is in another castle, and he's also the power up, kind of. Kind of. Well, those are mushrooms. Yeah, yeah it's like not. So there's like mushrooms. It is the mushroom kingdom. I don't think the words have yes, ever used. The mushroom used, kingdom. But it is the mushroom. Yes, kingdom. It is the mushroom kingdom. And she's Princess Toadstool, who somehow gets other names as the series goes on for kind of unclear reasons. At least reasons that are unclear to yeah. me. I wonder how much of that is like localization, like yeah. them trying to pick the most marketable name versus like a translate. I don't, or I don't think the Japanese care so much about the damsel's damsel name. They could have been maybe Princess Toadstool was her always just her title. Yeah, like it wasn't her name; it was just her title. But that kind of got lost yeah. in translation. That wouldn't surprise me. Some or because uh, now she's Peach, right? Yeah. Princess Peach of the Mushroom Kingdom. Princess, anyway. Well, Daisy's also royalty, right? She's like some kind of... Man, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, yeah, I know what you mean. And She's got a crown, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. My favorite was like when... I think there, it was in... I don't know if it was Super Mario Sunshine or one of the like... It was one of the later maybe GameCube or post-GameCube games where like it's it's one of the Koopa Jr. One of, one of Bowser's kids kidnaps Princess Peach because... Cause she's his mom. <laughs> it's like so. Wait. <laughs> yeah, definitely. See, there's a lot of these. There, it's like a vestige of like the Lewis Carroll stuff, right? It's very yes. much Alex in Wonderland. Yes, like yes, yes, these yes. characters are all connected to tricksters, and you're kind of just muddling through to solve it, like. I mean, it's ultimately like what I guess you can call it a puzzle game. It kind of it's a like skill based. But just you're kind of solving puzzles, in that it's there's an there you can just like play one through one 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 eight two two yeah, one yeah. all the eight. But you're kind of like trying to every level or not every level. But there's just like, there's like a best way to do a level. Yes, and you can or an easiest way, and you're, you're trying to kind of break all of them. Like probably most obvious would be like the warp zones. So one one you can warp zone all the way across the whole level and skip the level essentially. In one two, you can literally jump on top of the roof and just sprint it out. And there's a lot of like, the, there's a easy, there's an easiest path through the game that's the least hard, right? And I think there's like an element of that. It you're you're trying to so you you can be very good, but you can also be very like smart and finish it and not be necessarily as good. I think there's you know, they, well, it's an element of exploration too. I mean, that's what I was yeah. saying before. It's it's like. It rewards you just yeah. banging on random bricks and yeah. jumping on random it, roofs and yeah. trying to go down random pipes, even if you know most pipes don't go anywhere. Some will, and and uh, yeah. yeah. And there's also an element of like how much of that was intentional versus not. It's kind of hard to gauge because certain things like warp zones are clearly started as like dev tools. Yeah, right. Right. Yes, like yes, warp yes. zones are clearly a dev tool. Hey, because yeah. because yes, I'm gonna send you. To, one of these three things immediately so you can test it. Yes. It's not a... Uh, yeah, how do you... like Exactly. How do you like want to make sure that like World 6-2... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to test the game. I want to make sure World 6-2 you know, doesn't have any horrible game-breaking bugs in it. Yeah. Like, do you want to play through the first five worlds <laughs> yeah. or do you want to just yeah. go like, okay, boom. Yeah. I'm in I'm in World 6-2. Um, yeah, it's a... It's a definitely... Um, I don't know, but I, I it, it, that's what I was saying is like I, I think uh, to me Super Mario Brothers three is really I mean, two is a, is an anomaly. I guess we should, probably some people don't know this again kind of deep gamer lore of it. It wasn't actually originally a Mario game at all. 
it was it's essentially EA, a, right? yeah. a reskin. Sorry, it was the, what's the what's the EA what's the EA one right? The EA? No, I don't think it was EA. It was an it was it was Nintendo, but it was uh. What's the EA Mario? I don't know what you're talking. It was in the I same actually, era where. It was a re- so Super Mario Two was um, essentially a reskin of a game called Doki Doki Panic. I don't know what Doki. Do- I think Doki Doki in J- Japanese is the sound of a beating heart, which is where you get like what is it? Doki Doki Literature Club is some kind of visual novel. I've never. I've played it. Is it good? I don't even know. Is it like? Is, well, this is a total side note. It, anyway, it's a VN. It's a VN. All it, right. It's good if you like VNs. Okay. Of it's probably the best entry. It's probably of all the entry points for VNs. It's probably the best one. Yeah, so when I saw Doki Doki Literature Club, I was like, is this like a Super Mario thing? It's like, no, because Doki Doki is, is like when you thump thump is how we would essentially yeah. say it in, in American English. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, it was it was basically, uh, it has no relation to, that's why you get like these weird gameplay mechanics that never ever resurface, like uh, digging up turnips <laughs> and and a lot of the kind of enemy characters and, and stuff like this. They later got incorporated into into the series, but... but um, it was. It was just. It's, it's sort of. If it ever felt, it felt like weird and kind of you know, out of line and 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 especially at the time it was sort of. It was fun. It's definitely very imaginative. The whole thing is like kind of a weird. That that I think is like almost more explicitly um, a. Um, I mean, it's all. It's like oh, it's all a dream. But at least it kind of makes sense. Like okay, yeah, he has this weird dream. He goes into this dream world. And uh, you know we're going to be doing like dream world stuff in a dream world like that kind of you know makes certain kind of narrative sense um, more so than like how did this Italian plumber from Brooklyn go down a you know pipe into the Mushroom Kingdom it's like all right um, but yeah uh, how to say uh, uh, Super Mario three Super Mario Brothers three I think is really where a lot of the the um, that's I think where the where the where the where the series really started to to um to take its its identity. These this is where the 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 uh, the tropes I guess or the 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 themes the the art direction everything kind of really solidified um for the first time because I mean if you think about it again you, Donkey Kong is kind of its own thing completely. Donkey Kong and the original Mario Brothers are both arcade games, extremely simplistic. Super Mario Brothers is, you know, a development along a certain line, and then Super Mario Brothers Two is just a, essentially a completely different thing. It has these characters, but basically nothing. There's no Bowser. There are no Koopas. It, it, there's no even really a Mushroom Kingdom. It's just kind of this weird Scheherazade kind of, you know, one thousand and one Arabian Nights type type uh, setup. Super Mario Brothers Three, in a lot of ways, is like it, it's the first. It's the it's the first actual sequel, real sequel, thematic sequel, narrative sequel in a sense, or or reimagining of um, Super Mario Brothers one. It's sort of like the first time that the whole kind of thing comes together in terms of okay, we have this Mushroom Kingdom that's under attack from Bowser, this like giant Harvey Weinstein esque rapist lizard. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say these things go off the rails kind of in terms of the tightness of the game. It's nowhere near as tight as Super Mario Brothers one, and that gets worse and worse yes it's still pretty i would say i mean compared to like modern stuff oh yeah, it's, yeah it's for sure but pretty good but, but yes, like it's the, not it's not as like yeah with it, the core of mario arguably why or not the core but like why it was so beloved i think it's just that it, it's so it's not an arcade game but it's not even close well that's the thing is but like, it is yeah. an equal tightness to one yes and it it feels tactically good yes you get there's some more weird stuff where i think 
it's it was like there was innovations in oh there's like you can save power ups for later and stuff like that. Yeah, that is very like not just that you saw we have a overworld map for the first time. It's kind of almost non fun. I mean, it it really only kind of um. It's still basically entirely linear. The only time there's no real choice in like, you know, nowadays overworld, you're expected to kind of at least, you know, it's not just a graphical representation of a linear process. You're expected to be able to kind of like explore maybe a little, or there's some kind of branching. Can you go back and play old levels in three? Yes. So I guess that's, yes, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's a good, but the, the, you could farm power-ups and stuff there too. So you could farm. There's a level of, yeah. Then there's also, um, there's, uh, these little like, card game type things these little like the toad hut or forget what they're called but basically it's like you go and you play a little roulette game and you get a power up depending on you know when you get there's a couple of these per overworld map um it's also i think extremely like you, you can see the development very clearly and sort of like um what uh it, it's it's everything that was Super Mario Brothers one. It's the same story, even basically, just like more, more, more elaborate, more art, more environments. Instead of like basically the same four recycled um, palettes. I mean, pretty much every world has its own palette, and then within each palette for each world, you'll get different palettes depending on the environment within that world. You know, you got the desert environment, you got the ice environment, you got the giant environment, you got. The, I mean, just all these kinds of. It's it's extremely imaginative. Um, and and I I don't I mean, maybe again this is obviously I'm you know millennial uh, uh, bias etc. But I I it the thing is it's not even like I don't like Super Mario Brothers has gone in different directions. You have I don't even necessarily mean the spinoffs, um, um, you know like tennis and golf and stuff. Uh, Mario sixty four is obviously another high point, and and Odyssey has all kinds of interesting stuff going on too. It's not that they haven't. It's not that, that Nintendo hasn't um, expanded on those same themes, but I don't think it's ever really been surpassed. In the, or at least surpasses or maybe the wrong way to think about it. But but it it like do you know, they've been riffing off Mario for a while. They've been riffing off Mario three, Super Mario Brothers three specifically. I think for a while, like Mario sixty four. Like okay, you have different environments. You have some of the same environments. You have the same kind of desert. Maybe that was Odyssey. Anyway, you you know you have the same kind of desert environment with you have the same kind of you know like the 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 the, the clomping whatever they're called the, the 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 rectangular dude with the spikes around him that like smashes you to death. Um, you have uh, you know the same kind of like a lot of the same colors, a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same ideas. Some some new stuff, some entirely new stuff, some really cool new stuff. But essentially, it's 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 like to the extent that Mar- pretty much 3D Mario is all just riffs on Mario 64 and like Mario 64 was a kind of 3D reimagining of I think the Mario the Mario 3 template which was like the full flowering of the Mario 1 template Mario 1 and Mario 3 are very very similar but Mario 3 just took Super Mario Brothers 3 just like fleshed it out in a way that like you know super in, in the Super Nintendo you had Super Mario World which is pretty much it was like higher resolution, more colors, still more environments, but the same basic idea, right? You had more secrets to find, a more kind of formal system of finding them in in the in the in the NES Super Mario Brothers games. You know, it's not like you had a, like a little. There was no achievements, you know, like we used to with Xbox and Steam, um, and there weren't even. It didn't even let you know or stars like with the N sixty four Mario or like a kind of or a system of tracking your progress and how many secrets that you found. Um, 
with uh with with that that all started to change but the the idea of basically you have you know an overworld map you have certain kind of you know yes you power ups that you can uh, uh, keep you have this same kind of idea of you progress through the worlds and the worlds are themed in this various kinds of ways because the, the Super Mario Brothers one worlds I don't recall them having themes per se they were all just kind of you know differing degrees of difficulties and, and mixing up in the um, in the levels but there, it wasn't like okay now we're on an ice world okay now we're on a desert world okay now we're whatever um, it wasn't it wasn't quite like that uh, yeah, so I, I, I just it's it, it, the, the interesting thing to me, or, or, or and it's really a, I think a testament to Nintendo's skill as a developer and and um, and the uh, the high quality of their approach is is it never at least for myself it, as you say pick a random year within you know two years on either side of it you're gonna have a Mario game and it's gonna be fun and high quality and, and playable but it's also I think going to be pretty much within that template right that was established at that point in time so it's gonna be an aesthetic template i think yes. mario's gotten wild in a lot of like sunshine is a very different sunshine game. is like almost like a uh, yeah, yeah i would I kind of like put it up paper mario is its own well <laughs> you know like i okay i mean the platformers yeah. i guess i should say but I'm saying, but like, I, I think like mario as a thing is probably but now mario is now in no way limited to the platformers yes. yeah yeah yes. uh and yeah paper mario is and that's is, beside the fact, all like the sports games that are <laughs> yeah right you know or mario paint as i mentioned did you ever play super mario rpg uh once or twice yeah i i, I loved it as we'll really? have to yeah so it, i it's like one of the weirdest and just it's it's it was like extremely late era super nintendo apparently not translated all that well i hardly noticed as a yeah, kid yeah no i i i mean i would play it as like a probably like 16 and like, yeah oh, it's just a, whatever it's just I the, yeah i just did with yeah. I know uh, what is it? Gino is a kind of one-off character that's never really been mentioned, and some some guys on post are like, "One day Gino will be in Super Smash Brothers." I hope, brothers, I hope so. Yeah. But but uh, with with the with the exception of uh, some of our guys on post who, who who love Gino and remember Gino from Super Mario RPG, it seems to be kind of a uh, whatever bastard stepchild or un, or forgotten, mostly forgotten, um, and the, yeah, there was all these like weird little directions that. That um, and of course Mario Kart, Doctor Mario, Doctor Doctor Mario, yes, yes, Doctor Mario. Um, man, that that takes me back. Well, also like not a great game for what? That's probably basically the worst, shitty shitty Tetris. Probably the worst Mario game is Doctor Mario. It's in the running. I'd have to think. I don't know what would off the top of my head would be worse. Like, it's definitely among the worst. Yeah. Also, it's like. Man, Snake's not a doctor. He's a plumber. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Why, why, you wanna, yeah, why? Why are you giving him a stethoscope? Yeah, it's like this, this man's unqualified. <laughs> like, it's clearly impersonation. I understand the licensing is a little oh, man. rough with the Mushroom Kingdom, but yes. Oh, that's funny. Um, but do you want to do more of the cultural impact stuff? Yeah, definitely. So, I think the earliest thing is that like new games became Mario in like the cultural context. Mario, yes, Mario yep. is tied in with yeah. video gaming more than any other video game product right if you think of video games the first thought is crash bandicoot no no yeah no. I mean, be a lot be cool if it was i guess but it's it's mario and i think every even to the point of influencing like other platformers protagonist designs they're all kind of trying to do like the same the same things mario where they they do the flashy colors crash bandicoot looks a certain way and 
the uh, what is it? The every platform has. Well, it's interesting because if you think about it, like uh, Contra predates all that, and like the and you know Metal Slug and all these kind, which I fucking love Metal Slug, but like that style. I mean, those are also platformers. These kind of run and gun shooter type platformer games was very popular, very successful financially, critically, commercially, etc. Kind of a way of doing 2D platform type games on the hardware that that's kind of what it was, you know, like that's one of the main things you would do with it. And, you know, you can envision a world where that kind of gritty aesthetic would have been, you know, synonymous with video games in a certain way, more so than they are, or like the way they kind of almost became in the 2000s, but instead it went in the Mario direction. So I don't know if that's, I feel like the, like, those shooters, Contra, Metal Slug, were like shooters, but I think calling them gritty is kind of an overstatement. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I would say they were more like, they were very tongue-in-cheek, like more so, even like a... Like a the well, one- Metal Slug definitely was extremely tongue-in-cheek. Contra, I think less so. I mean, okay, it was like... I mean, they're, they're like too obviously a reference to like Schwarzenegger movies, right? Like yes. And I think that and those in uh, like the source material is very tongue. I mean, sure. Commando is like a joke, right? Like the whole the whole movie is like like a self. You know, like at that point, it was just too mad. I, I I also I think action games are kind of doomed to go. There's no way you had like a a not the first person or third person action game. I think, I think like and side scrollers were you know are going to define what video games are probably until you have like. Really, po- even though I think the PlayStation. I mean, it was, that's a whole other side tangent too. But, but the PlayStation, the whole the PlayStation generation was not very good at 3D. N64 kind of barely made it work. But yeah, up until roughly 2000, again, you're just not getting. Yeah, and it's also 3D. interesting because so, in terms of first person, the definitive game probably still in like culturally is still probably Halo in people's minds. And it's more about being first than being like the best. Like people think, oh, you know, like Halo. well, there was a, we, we, so we will have. To, I'm, I'm, I'm itching to do Doom. I just want to play the new. Whatever, maybe we don't have to. We could just do split Doom into like old Doom and new Doom or something. But there was a time, I believe Halo even got called a Doom clone. Like, like really? Doom. Pe- they used to refer to Doom first person shooters, what we would now call a first person shooter. There was a period from like 1994 to like 1998 where they were just called Doom clones. Really? I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah, yeah. aware of it. They were just so, called yeah. Doom clones. Like, not in so much the gaming, sometimes in the gaming press, more often in the popular press, because, like, Doom is what they yeah. knew. Doom was like, that was the scary thing that yeah, kids yeah. were playing. It was satanic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk about I keep We'll do Doom maybe even very soon. But, yeah, but, um, yeah so they were called Doom clones. Yeah, I am familiar then, with the Halo killer era. Well, yes. And then, is- and Halo, I think, ultimately surpassed Doom, right? I think that's culturally took the spot. Also, took, like, yeah. it's very similar beats, too, where it can kind of just slide in, like, Oh, it's the green guy in the armor, and he's right. doing the thing. Oh, okay. It's just aliens instead of demons. Yeah. Which, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Implying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and then I think, obviously, Call of Duty did that, but Call of Duty is like... Because it yeah. takes up a different cultural space in video games, almost. It's like a... Yeah. I mean, it's like how we forget... <laughs> Call of Duty didn't take up the space of Halo, and the cultural consciousness it took the place of the war. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, people and stop. that's 100% yeah. true. Like, no, 100%. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good, that's a, whew. I mean, that's sad, but but very true. Yes, that, that like, it's like people don't, 
Like people t- tuned out of the Middle East wars and tuned, you know, tuned into Call of Duty instead. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck. That's depressing. Anyway, <laughs> if you want a, a darker even progression of that take is that in the Call of Duty series, like America gets attacked and by, and by, and by like the military also like what is it? John Shepard is like betrays America and America gets actually invaded. And that's like America doing its penance in like hyper reality right. for right. the war is right. that we get invaded in the video game. And that like cleanses you of that guilt, even though yeah, right <laughs> compared to as, yeah, you know. As, <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man, I can't. So anyway, Mario. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, that's why that's what Mario is to like what video games are because yeah. Well, it also I think speaks to like I mean. At a certain level, video games are juvenile. Like they're always going to be primarily appealing to younger kids, right? And you're, there, there's a, there's always, I think, been a very close connection between video games and cartoons. As graphical power has increased, you see that connection become more explicit. To the, even to the point where photorealism starts. Like, I mean, there's, there's, yes, there's always kind of straining in the direction of photorealism, but typically that. You know, it, it like, well, that's a whole other conversation again. But, but the I think the bottom line is it's diminishing returns. We're well past the point of diminishing returns. And even when you get like a nice photorealistic-ish looking game with a budget of hundreds of millions of dollars just for art direction and animation, uh, typically it's still I think I mean at least for myself maybe, um, you know, games that that really more lean into this is computer generated product we're not aiming for photorealism we're aiming for art direction um you know it doesn't have to be cell shaded or like look explicitly like a 2d hand-drawn cartoon it can, it can but it, but it, it's still kind of having a more kind of fantastical aesthetic based on those principles rather than aiming for strict photorealism tends to end up working out better yeah, like latter-day fun i think i see or yeah exactly or i mean a million there's all, like yeah. all kinds of you know hades uh, and uh, xcom yeah. xcom exactly yeah XCOM is is very much kind of like almost like a stat, like a, like GI Joe versus aliens kind of mm. kind of vibe. Um, so so anyway, uh, yeah. So I just think that that you know, and 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 so again, Mario really nails that aesthetic of uh, of looking for for um, it, it, it lends itself to being a cartoon yeah. or a toy like yeah like you know and Nintendo famously it's like we make toys and that's why we do it, yeah. things the way we do which yeah. is why game journalists are kind of eternally butthurt about that statement I think because what's the joke you you do book reports on toys <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that about us or just no about like about game, game journalists, journalists yeah. yeah like you do book reports on toys at the end of the day yeah you know I was t- so uh, I was talking with Borzoi. We were having an interesting discussion. It was a, it was a couple other guys too. We were about um, this this you know this question of like what is our video games art and and his position, which I don't a hundred percent agree with, but we will have to sort it out in our and on one of our we we're, were planning our Metal Gear series. I've decided we're going to do Metal Gear Solid One, Metal Gear Solid Two, two different episodes, and then TBD on if we're going to lump what else we're going to lump in like a third episode is going to be just. I don't know three and four or three four five or, three four and all the four spinoffs stuff. yeah and probably like revengeance like and but I could a, also see five being made I don't know I'll have to see I, I think five is its own we'll we'll figure that out but for sure one and two are going to be their own episodes and they're going to be separate from the others 
And with with the question, the, the Borzoi's position, which which I definitely do agree with the kind of overarching point, is that in part two was Hideo Kojima asking, like, what is a video game? Why do we play video games? Can a video game be art? Yeah. And to which the answer essentially is no. And and Borzoi's position, well, we'll have him on. Well, and, I have a position that, I have a, well, I'm going to spoil it. My position on five is that it's the perfect video game. Yeah, we'll have to. We're, yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah. we're gonna yeah. we're, we're gonna work all this out. But the but the but the but the bottom line was that okay. So two, basically, is Kojima saying, you know, and, and not even just him himself saying, but the kind of reaction to that and the subsequent developments in the medium and so on, are, are answering the question like, no, video games cannot be art. My thing, my thing is, uh, I like first of all, I don't think it's a well formed question. I, like, what is art? I mean, you know, like this is the kind of like a very nineteenth century romantic way of approaching. The thing, and I just don't like 19th century romanticism. I especially don't like 19th century English romanticism. I don't even really like 19th century German romanticism. Sorry, I know that's well. Like- also, I think it's even art is. I don't even asking that. I think it's asking it in like the post 1945. Is this art? To which the answer is yes, because I say it is. And well, right, and that and then, exactly. So then worse, and I think <laughs> I don't think that people are asking it in the. So the way that the so games journalism, it's like okay. Oh, you want to more? You can drill down more into 1945. Yeah, why not? It's Let's art it. if it's prestigious. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Exactly. Yes. And it's, it's and it's a, and prestige, and not it's an, quality. And and, yeah. and 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 video games are inherently kind of plebeian. No matter how much the pretensions of games journalism, you're never going to get like the book, buy-in book from reports on toys. Book, ex- <laughs> you're, they're never going to get the buy. You know, they're, they're, because the whole culture industry is set up to protect the power and the privilege and the prerogatives of the Jewish New York you know, money laundering yeah. art galleries. Yeah. Like that's the kind of pinnacle of the form. And then to a very slightly lesser extent, the, you know, the, the, the Broadway kind of theatrical production world. And, and those are like the kind of twin arms of the culture terror monster. Right. Those are like, that's like what the New York review of books, that's all the high yeah. prestige publications. So if you want to get real into it, because Microsoft is effectively like the part of the U S government and that structure, the CIA is funding, Microsoft, which means it's high art, right? Which means Halo is Halo, Halo is, Halo's art because the CIA funds it. Dude, are we all glowies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, because the CIA funds. I just took a second. Yeah. Halo is art because the CIA funds it. But yeah, I mean, I just to me, it's like that's the wrong that's the wrong question to ask, and it's more about like. Like video, video interactive electronic media is just another kind of media. It's different from books. I don't. I, I will say, like, I think you know, you can do things ultimately with the written word. That, like, the to me, the written word is is essentially always going to be on top because it it, it 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 affords you the greatest flexibility. It's the easiest to, like, you can you can really have an a singular vision um and and there's essentially no limits right the limits are your skill and the and the the mental acuity of your readers those are then and it's essentially pure um it's a it's a pure product of the interaction between the mind of the author and the mind of the reader and and with with basically no limits other than you know yes it's 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 um it's it's uh it's not visual, right? And it's not auditory. It's 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 something else. Um, I think music, especially yeah, you know, classical music and so on, you know, pure because because all rock music. I love rock music. I listen to more rock music than classical music, but you know, rock music essentially is is you know, it, it's all descended from kind of three minute folk songs. Okay, fine. 
um, you know, with classical, with, with purely instrumental music, you can, which is what I mean by classical music doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, prior to a certain date. Um, You're really a prog rock. <laughs> it's classical music. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was just really profound. The shit I did, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, like, it's again, it's sort of like more purely intellectual, right? It's a it's a kind of like you know the the you're you're, you're relying when you're listening to Beethoven, it can make you feel incredible. Um, and there's no words, right? It's it's a kind of purely um, uh, intellectual uh, mental exercise in a certain way. Um, Okay, so then we're, I think, you know, in a sense, we're descending now down the scale. Further down, we get visual media. Um, once we're, I mean, visual media, I would even more, more put into, like, a category of itself. It's like, you know, and, and okay, paintings can be, painting can be great, and, and sculpture and, and stuff. It's not that I have anything wrong. It's nothing, but, but again, it's like, what even unifies these things is art. Uh, I'm not prepared to kind of, like, I know people argue I mean, you want to get this. real yeah. old school on it, I guess we should, the reactionary thing is like, is there an academy of this thing? Yeah, well, and, and to and an there extent, is like, an academy of art and sculpture, and but the, you could easily. But see there's what, not one for cinema. But there almost was. Well, there's the. I mean, there. No, but I mean, there's the Oscars. No, right? but like an academy of like, like a true where you like your fingers bleed. You you edit movies till your fingers bleed. Like oh, in that sense, like yeah, the academy. No, like, I mean, no, like, no, no, you know. Well, that's the thing is like how, I mean, movies have always kind of been a kind of like they're 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 low class. I'm sorry. I mean, I know people like yeah. Look, there's some yeah. great movies and it's not, but it, it's always kind of been like a. Um, a lesser art form or, or, or something yeah. that, you know, and, and you see that, I think even still, as I said, like in, in the, in the high, upper echelons of, you know, our kind of like the, 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 the real, you know, it's the, 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 where the money power is like the, the, the highest level of prestige is, is, is reserved, uh, for theatrical live action, theatrical, live theatrical productions, right. You know, director cast, yeah. this kind of thing. Mo- movies are like, and, and until very recently you couldn't even like, it was the completely separate world. Yeah. Well, I just had this thought I just had for an idea for what makes a medium like art is, can it do a thing that's can it do a piece of art that is considered like highbrow and all these things, Charlie's boxes, but also not be referential of other mediums. Like I really like apocalypse. Now I think if you're going to say a thing is art, it's the closest thing to art in movie form, in my opinion. But it is uber referential to Heart of Darkness, of course, Wagner, yeah. <laughs> all these things, all these other things that are, you know, just you know, better, right? So is it, is it, can you, can you, well, okay, so to be really pretentious for a second, art is the English word for like, typically when lurking in the background of these discussions, like when we say art, that's the English word for the Greek techni, like the Aristotelian term techni, which is where we get obviously words like technology, um, also technique and, and in the original Aristotelian sense, like when he thought when Aristotle and the Greeks generally, and, and most pre-moderns are talking about like a word that we would translate as art. Like the idea is like of, of an artist is as of a, of a technician, or maybe you could say is of an artisan, yeah. which is also like one of the, obviously which is why I think an academy. Is exactly. Yeah. It, it speaks to your point there precisely. So like, so, you know, for example, like the, the you know, is Chartres Cathedral a work of art? Obviously, I think everybody, nobody would like, like, duh, yes, it is. Well, we don't know. Well, who see, I didn't fund it. So what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it, it's not, the, all the artists were anonymous. And that's, in medieval Europe, like nobody knows the names. You don't know the name of the sculptor. You don't know the name of the architect, the multiple gen. I mean, this thing took hundreds of years, you know, like 200 years to build. Um, any of the generations At of the people. At best, you have who, the guild. Right. At yeah. best. Yeah. If at best. Have, right. If you have anything. Yeah. Right. 
um, which would be just like the whatever guild of whatever town yeah. built the church. I mean, Shout is a, maybe the most stunning symbol, yeah. single yeah. example. There, obviously, you know, Europe is you know yeah. dozens, hundreds of these kinds of, of magnificent structures, right? So, like, but that's the, that's the idea. And you know, not just in Europe, in Asia, you see the same thing. And you know, Japan, China, um, India, lots of yes. places, you see like these beautiful structures, sculptures. You have no, it's just anonymous, right? Because you have anonymous craftsmen, artisans, tech, in a sense, quote unquote, technicians who made this thing and it's a technical skill and you can learn it and you learn it by practicing it by having you know being a, a an expert craftsman who does it from a young yeah. age and, and it isn't just cathedrals i think we get stuck on that it's also like books it, yeah like, I mean, so we know the first author but we don't know like these books were, were rewritten and reread and reiterated yeah. on and copied over and over again to where there's literally like an anonymous for a lot of stuff a lot of yeah. you know uh yes of our literary heritage is functionally i mean we don't even know you know like a lot of stuff was like did aristotle write this or did he not write this or what did he write or did thomas aquinas write this and yeah, yeah like, or it's, did it's he, a yeah same, it's same a whole thing. big it's a whole big mess or did one of his like technicians like <laughs> copiers behind him clean this up a bit you know like exactly and that's one of the leading you know basically it's 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 not quite well I mean, certain if you but, want to go the first i would say uh the aeneid is probably the or like where we know the first author we know virgil wrote but we the know it was yes. fixed like we yeah. know it wasn't finished when he died yeah we don't know who fixed it we don't know how much it was fixed in the next few years but at least with that say in that case the authorship is relatively clear compared to like homer yeah. there's like some debate over is that no i i personally think for sure i think the iliad is is the work it has to be the work of one it's it's too unified i would say in terms of it the it, odyssey i could see maybe a little bit the iliad is very cool because it's like a it's very first like meta work too where like all these people all the characters in the Iliad know they're going to die. Yeah, right. And because because the stories and you get dramatic tension out of it. But that. it's referencing yes. the yeah. audience's familiarity with the story. Yes. So obviously, the story is not his, but the the Iliad is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So okay. So it's like you know, nobody would ask like, okay, is the Iliad art like yes, obvious? You know, but but again, to me, it's like this just shows how this is like this is just the wrong. It's not a it's not a meaningful question. It, it, you know what I mean? It just doesn't like what what are you asking when you're asking this this question of like does something fall into this binary category of like where are we even deriving this concept of art so from? If I if you, I think I want to I want to deconstruct it and just take it down to the sure. pure components. It's just a question of prestige. Yeah. No. Well, I, to it, where I think when people ask that question nowadays, and, and at that yes. Point, yes. I think like I think uh, Kojima stuff is prestigious. <laughs> like I I, I like. With a certain, yeah, with the point where when you take his name off, it's not it's not good anymore. But it's also like mechanically sucks. Like the the Metal Gear, I didn't play it, so I guess I can't speak from experience. But everything I saw said the the, the Metal Gear that they made without Kojima was just blue meaty chunks. It wasn't. I mean, it was, I didn't play it, it, so I don't know. It was. I, I, that's beside the point. But like, <laughs> I think like Kojima's name and what is it, Death Stranding? Like these are all like yeah. Todd. I, where, like, Death Stranding, I haven't played Death Stranding either. And but maybe that's we don't, where, but we don't understand what I'm saying about prestige. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Where Death Stranding yeah. had Kojima. Right, and, and therefore good, it has prestige. And, and it's good, it has prestige. Yeah. Obviously, they can do, I think, because I was like, prestigious guys can do bad stuff. I mean, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> terrible Coppola films, right, right, that we don't talk about, no one talks about, but. I like the Lynch Dune, but I know people have yeah. different. Yes. But, like, a Lynch is, like, prestige. Lynch himself, we have his big art. <laughs> Lynch, you know, he yeah. just got prestige, but for no reason he sucked. I don't know. Uh, no, I get what you're saying, and I think you're. I think you're. When people ask that question, like, is X art or not, or are video games art or not? They're like the, the fundamentally, they're at, you know, it's a question about prestige rather than anything else. My thing is, I really am an advocate for the Aristotelian position, which is like fundamental, which is also kind of almost a kind of quasi-Kantian position because, like, famously, like Kant 
uh, I think this is one of the like this is there's so much about this that, that people get wrong and 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 and, and like it, it just causes so much confusion and ultimately I would even say this is a kind of index for libtardation as a whole like you can you can, it's like in the same way you can like sort of like do a binary like is someone a libtard or not like do they accept that there are saints do they accept that there are spiritual be the beings with have spiritual accomplishments that get them like union with God or closer to the nature of reality or what and if you accept that there are saints in this kind of a sense then you're not a libtard. And if you would deny that, you want to say like, oh no, there's no such thing, then you are a libtard, right? I think for pretty much the same, like structurally identical reasons that are very closely related um, philosophically, uh, if you're willing to acknowledge that there is good art and bad art, that art, like, or, or, or to say, well, in, in Kantian terms, as I was going to say that like for, for Kant, the idea is beauty is objective. It is not subjective. Beauty is not in the eye of the beholder. There is such a thing as objective beauty, what he calls this in English, the sublime is how it's translated. And the idea is that if your faculties, your intelligence and your, your sensory faculties and this kind of, you know, your, your whole psychophysical apparatus is properly formed and properly educated. Now, of course, this is a little bit circular, but ignore that. It doesn't matter. The point is, uh, if your properly formed faculties will always recognize the sublime as beautiful, the, the, the truth goodness and beauty always kind of converge and they converge in the sublime and if you in, and and everybody kind of has to some extent the ability to recognize that it's kind of built into the nature of consciousness as such and so beauty and and truth and goodness and order are all objective not subjective and so what distinguishes um great art or good art from like bad art is the extent to which it uh it it produces this consciousness of the sublime in the in the observer, in the person who's interacting with with the the art object, um, and so this is why I think like like you can see even in those kind of Kantian terms, or you go back to Aristotle and you can see of art like what what is it about craftsmanship? The, the, the relationship yeah. to me is like well, what is it what is it about consciousness or sorry what is it about uh, craftsmanship that that like like when you see something like when you see like a you know a statue um, when you see the Parthenon right like it. it it is able to inspire consciousness of the sublime because the skill of the craftsman and the execution is like objectively good, right? Or the Schatz Cathedral or all these kinds of things. Um, or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, pagodas in Japan or, or whatever. You know, something you can see it's okay. It's different, but it has the, it adheres to certain kind of objective principles in reality. And, and the craftsmanship is objectively good. And it's able to like produce these effects in consciousness, at least consciousness of people whose faculties are, are properly ordered. Right. So to me, it's like, when you're looking like the question about what you know is a video game art or like can a Mario game be art? On one hand, it's kind of silly, and yes, it's always juvenile, and yes, but on the other hand, it's like we were talking before, you know, in in the tight in the in the well executed, well crafted nature of like just how good it feels to be jumping on the heads of the Goombas, right? Like, you know, and and just and and just how how like that 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 loop, that feedback loop, that sensory motor loop. Of interaction between you know your eyes, your hands, the screen, and the programmer who's responsible for kind of putting it all together. You and Steve Wozniak, right, for that one. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yes, but Steve Wozniak did, rightly recognizes genius for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and 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 so that to me is like okay, well, asking like, is it art or not? In other words, does it have this kind of certain kind of prestige or not? Or does it adhere to certain kind yeah. of? I mean, if you want to talk about academies and yeah, brutality. There's a certain level of that in like speedrunning where yeah, yeah, someone yeah, yeah, is playing yeah, yeah. uh yep. Doom to a level of like 
a like physical pain generally <laughs> like and then like sublime interaction with this thing where like obviously there's geniuses who made that thing and then you are trying to match that Right, in your inter- your interaction with it, yeah. and and you're exploiting, you're seeing all every little aspect of it. You know this thing so well that you're able to manipulate it, like like almost like playing an instrument, yeah. right? Like at the, I would say speedrunning is almost like like playing yeah. violin or something, you know? Like the game itself is at that point the instrument, and and you as a speedrun. And I've noticed this, you know, myself. I've never spe- speedrunning is a whole. <laughs> we should do an episode also on speedrunning because that's a whole other like world of stuff. But like I, you know, when I when I always do enjoy, I do enjoy not always. When a game is good, right, in the sense of, I think, being good art, this is what make, part of what makes a game good art, is there's a feeling of joy that you experience when you've mastered its systems and internalized it to the point where, like, now, you know, in a way that, like, when I started playing, I was very clumsy. I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. Everything's kind of But now it's like playing, like, the, the, the game is an instrument and I'm playing it. And, like, minute, you know, second-by-second second interactions. I've never been very, very good at first-person shooters. I always also enjoyed more the... Um, single player campaigns and first person shooters but i understand that like you know people who are really good at at uh counter strike and stuff like that you know you want like super high refresh monitors because and 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 you know no input lag on your mouses because because for like especially professional players but not even necessarily professionals per se like the difference of like you know 2 3 milliseconds that i personally would just not even notice uh you know boomer uh reflexes notwithstanding uh I, I would just never, but like they can feel it matters to them, you know, even just in the, in the net code and stuff like this, you know, like three milliseconds could mean the difference between life and death, not to me, but to someone who can play the game like an instrument. Um, and, and that speaks to the craftsmanship of that game or, or at least whether it's worth doing or not. Cause you could, I mean, in theory you could take like Dr. Mario and like, you know, get really good yeah. at Dr. Mario, Speed or, Dr. Speed, Mario. Right, or whatever. Like you have all kinds of shit. You could do all kinds of shitty games, but like nobody does that. Why? Cause it's not worth doing. Cause the game isn't very good. And so this is the, to me, the, the, the metric is like, okay, yeah, the, the, the craftsmanship of the programming is definitely like one angle to it or just the whole kind of the whole package, the relationship between the programming and the, you know, the, the device that, you know, the game sits on or whatever. But um, of course, the art and the story, if there is one, and all these kinds of all these, it's it's a whole package. It's a whole product that 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 comes together in a certain way or doesn't. And and this establishes to me the metric by which we can evaluate the the the. The question isn't like are video games art or not. Video games are a medium, like any medium. You have you know like you have shitty dime store novels. You have you know bodice ripper romance novels. You have all kinds. Of, you know the written word has been subjected to more abuse and torture at the hands of crappy novelists than like. It, does that mean that like novels aren't art? Of course not, right? It it's it it's a question of like how good is the how well crafted is this object? Is this is this text to use a kind of postmodern term? You know, the word text in a kind of philosophical postmodern context me doesn't just mean like you know words on a page. It, it like that's the whole where deconstruction goes is like you know the, a painting is a kind of text. A movie is a kind of text. A video game is a kind of text. So the question to me is, isn't our video games art or not? It's like, are video games a kind of text? Yes, is I think unambiguously, the answer has to be yes. Video games are a kind of text. So then the next question is, okay, well, what kind of text? What do we learn about them? How do we analyze them? You know, and how good are they? How good is this How good is this text as opposed to that text or this edition of this text versus that edition of this uh, you know, quote unquote same text? You know, the, the Super Mario Brothers 3 as released on the Nintendo Entertainment System versus Super Mario Brothers 3 as released on the Super Nintendo Super Mario All-Stars collection versus Super Mario Brothers 3 as played on an emulator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
And then we start getting more specific about our analysis and, and evaluating it in these terms. Uh, I, I think that's a, just a better way to approach this whole question and to kind of bring it all the way back around. And I'm, I know I've been going on this rant, but I think it's important and I think it's sort of setting things up. And, 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 and I'm also, I work things out by talking about them. So I, it's good for me to like get this out and then we can get our analysis tighter and tighter as, as we go on um, with, this, with this program. Uh, yeah, I mean, so like Mario, or at least the, you know, the, 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 the obviously you always have to evaluate on a case by case basis, but like, I, I think, yeah, the, typically the Mario platformers are exceptionally well-crafted and, you know, whatever you want to say about their lack of, you know, you know, you know, what do you ultimately get out of them? Maybe in a certain sense, not much. But it, eh, who cares? Do you want to go more postmodern with it? Yeah. Or, um, or a different direction of postmodern? Sure. I've been going pretty postmodern with my analysis of this stuff. Yeah. Is that much like pornography, I'll know. You when know I when see you see it. it. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. So, like, when I watch, like, Legend of Black to Heroes, I know anime. Oh, this is art. When right. I read Berserk, I'm like, oh, this yeah, is this is art. art. And yeah. it's like, it, it's not even a question to me of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they did it. This is an art. I. Metal Gear has pushed that, but I don't think they quite, like, mm-hmm. it's not def- as definitive in my mind. Sure. Like, I really think it's, like, probably Metal Gear Solid Five is, like, one of the best video games. It's, <laughs> there's pushing, like, this, this is not, is this quite at that level? I don't think I've, I don't think I've hit in that, like, I haven't seen it yet. Well, I think that the, the, the fundamental problem that video games have and, and, and that, you know, I guess, in a sense, I mean, Mario is really paradigm, a great kind of paradigmatic example of this, is, is as I was sort of, like, concluding in that rant, um, w- w- what do you get out of it? Like... When you, when you, when you, as you say, like, um, you're reading Berserk, like, what do you get out of it? Well, we're getting deep. It's a lot. I, mean, you guys, <laughs> I mean, right? You know, we, we can probably have two more podcasts to do on at that. Le- at least, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, same thing. Uh, lots of, you know, uh, you know, pick a Dostoevsky novel out of a hat, uh, etc. Um, I think you get some stuff out of Metal Gear. I would, I wouldn't say that you don't get yeah. anything. I don't, I don't know what. You well, get I think, out of, I think the problem with Metal Gear stuff is that it's very like deeply referential to like David Bowie and Tom Clancy and like these other things that it, I think it borrows like arguably far too heavily uh, at a certain level it becomes about like recognizing a cultural influence rather than having something to say yeah like oh yeah no I love uh, Space Oddity it's a great song but uh, <laughs> you, you could do more here you know sure yeah. well and 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 you know yeah what, is, what does Mario have to say like what is yeah. you know? Well, I think if you're doing art, I think Bioshock One's got a better Bi- case Bioshock, than Metal Gear. Bioshock That's One, yeah, probably the least influenced by other stuff. In such a, de- I mean, not that there's no influences on it, but it's doing its own thing. I w- I want to resist the temptation to make it a. I get what you're saying, and it's not that I completely disagree, but as you said with like the Iliad, right? Like, I mean, the Iliad's based on pre-existing. Like Homer didn't invent the idea of the siege of Troy, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. The Trojan horse doesn't famously doesn't even appear in the yeah. in the narrative right it's it's basically like it's about achilles rage quitting the war and then the kind of fallout mm-hmm. from that decision so like i mean i get what you're saying and it's not that i disagree but it's like i i i, well, I, don't, I want I, to resist the temptation to think about it in terms of originality is my point well i don't think it's a, i don't want to say originality but originality outside the medium if that makes sense right like i think okay yeah like if a movie references only other movies it would be more than like even you know, assuming assuming there's something of the quality of Apocalypse Now, that obviously drew from things, but they were those things were movies, and not other media. Like you basically, it's not like a that it proves its art, and in theory this isn't a good metric, but it's a very it's not a metric of like when you cross the line of being art, but like it's past the line, 
but it's eventually like a like verification <laughs> like okay cool like we, we're here we passed this line of years ago but it's like a confirmation like a but why did you say well this is visual auditory media as opposed to purely visual media like a painting or purely auditory media like a like a you know piece of music like this is visual auditory media passive visual auditory media non-interactive visual auditory media and then just evaluate it as passive visual auditory media without asking this because question. if i'm saying is this good is this art i'm also asking is hard art is good with puckups now right it's like but it's a completely different object and also it's, it's not <laughs> yeah i mean well that's that, that, yeah you, I mean, see you get you run into the Okay, but I guess the but it's also but it's a product and it's an object of a different medium type. I don't know if this is I don't. I, yeah, I don't does it but does it does it like matter? Like does it really matter? Like it's apocalypse. I mean, it's it's a hard darkness. Like it is. It is a oh yeah. I mean, okay, sure. In the same way, you can make a well, they had that terrible movie, the Brad Pitt. Uh, it was like an Iliad kind of right. Yeah, that was arguably more independent of the source material than apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Now was a hard darkness for sure. Like right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's you know, and then the reason, and of course you have like you know Faust movies and and so on, and Faust itself is a kind of archetypical story. It's not like Goethe invented the story of Faust. Um, yeah, I don't know. These are these are complex questions, and 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 I just I've I've read enough. I you know I'm I'm probably betraying myself a little bit. In that's fine. I mean I I've read enough of like the actual you know, quote unquote high level academic uh, work in this area to just be thoroughly unimpressed with it. And I just don't you know it's it's not like I'm ignorant of um, the conversations that the people are having. I just think they're mostly midwits and well, like they're... Roger Scruton, like BTFO, all of them, all BTFO, like them all, right? Yeah. So, like, what's the point? Well, and, it is yeah, just there is yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like I mean, but he didn't like... really give you a good answer. He just said like you're wrong. Like <laughs> yeah, like because like he kind of copped out doing the whole specific, like oh it's about transcendence, but like well yeah no shit it's about transcendence, <laughs> but like what is that? Like <laughs> yeah, right. right? Like well and like what is the sublime in the yeah, Kantians? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the same question. So. I don't know. I don't want to like belabor this point or anything. And, and, and it, to me, it's just, it, it's a kind of, ultimately it comes, it comes back to like when, when you're evaluating, you know, like quote unquote, our video games are, can video games be art? I think they can be. I think there's nothing, that, I mean, again, I, I prefer ultimately to just be like, look, this is a kind of medium. It's an interactive visual auditory medium fundamentally. Right. That's like kind of, or at least, you know, some games don't have sound or whatever. I'm not, it's not even going to go, or we could say that that's a different kind of medium. Point is, especially these days pretty much 100% of what people mean when they talk about a video game is an interactive visual auditory medium right there's sound there's pictures you 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 do stuff and the chip pictures and the sound change okay um within that kind of a format you can do all kinds of things maybe the maybe the true video game is art hasn't been made art, art is mario like quote unquote art I mean, it may ultimately just not be that meaningful. It may, I mean, you know, maybe maybe you don't need more than like, uh, uh, you know, it's just fun to play and, and fun for kids and a distraction and you know that maybe that's maybe that's enough. Um, have you, you ever, did you ever play? Uh, was it Braid? You know Braid? I've heard the name. Okay, Braid was a really interesting. It, it should maybe. Um, it should, I don't know. If I would say if you're going to do like things that are closer, like. Brothers is probably well. That was real what, close. I, I, have, you, have you played Brothers? Yeah. Well, then we'll do an episode maybe on it yeah. at some point. Yeah, Brothers I think is unambiguously art, and that was what I said in, uh, to Borzoi and the guys in the, in the graph chat. I was like, to me, the sole real counter, the, the most salient counterexample, the strongest counterexample I could come up with is Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, which we'll discuss. I think I've mentioned it on this show before, but um, if not, we'll discuss it on on another occasion because um, I don't want to like ruin it. And also, that is actually kind of one of those things that 
can be spoiled, I think. Yeah, eh, it's already kind of been spoiled. Whatever, we'll discuss it. But um, but like you know the with with um with Braid, Braid is one of the first. It was like one of the first big indie hits, and it was it's essentially a decon. Or one of the things it's doing is it's a deconstruction of Mario, um, where the the and I don't think this is worth. It's not you know, necessary. Maybe it'd be worth doing in more detail as, as a part of like a kind of indie game efflorescence um episode, but. But basically, it's like the whole kind of setup is uh, you're chasing after a girl, very consciously modeled on on um, uh, Mario. And the idea is like you have to battle the, you know, you go through the worlds and you have to battle the um, the, 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 the the kind of conceit is that you're manipulating time. And, and, and it uses the kind of hard drive capacities of, of the system to like, you know, you you can replay things and put things, rewind things back in time. And typically, often, frequently, in fact, you'll have to in order to like solve. It's more of a puzzle game than a true platformer. Like the, it's a platformer where the puzzle is the level itself, if that makes sense, or a puzzle game where the where the platforming is the whatever. Anyway, so um, so the 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 kind of key reveal or the kind of crazy thing that happened, the, the 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 thing that like the the commentary, I guess, in a sense that it makes on Mario, because Mario never asked the question of like, yo, maybe maybe peach wants to be with bowser you ever consider like she keeps letting herself get abducted and you have to jump through all these hoops and like what i mean take the hint guy um braid really explicitly poses that question or makes you know it was the first time i ever really considered it in those terms where like you reach the end you beat the final boss who's kind of set up as like this chad you know, like you know uh rapist you, you archetype you know and it's revealed like no actually that's this kind of buff chad dude who you think of as the villain who the game mechanically encourages you and it's and you expect it like sort of because you, your head is full of you know 1980s and 1990s jewish hollywood propaganda that's sort of like how you're um you're you're used to thinking of the world uh it reverses all of it it's like no you're the monster you're trying to take her away from the guy that she wants to be with and you have to like reverse time to like remove yourself from the situation and, and let her go and it's a very very interesting um it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's it, it was it's a it's doing a lot of things, but one of them is deconstructing this this Mario paradigm, um, because like one of the one of the kind of points of of this postmodern analysis is 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 again concomitant with death of the author we've talked about before, is that um, you know that the the text says things that it doesn't necessarily mean to say, right? And or or you can you, and this is you know this can be abused and we see this all the time in in the, in the you know cultural analysis of stuff and looking for hidden uh, uh, oppression in the Taco Bell drive-through menu or something. But um, you know that's not to say that the principle is isn't sound because I think it is. And yeah, I mean you can sort of see there's there's something like vaguely like you know if if if, if leaving aside the lizard person Harvey Weinstein thing I was kind of joking earlier, but maybe Bowser is just a really buff strong alpha male type of character maybe that's just what princess peach is like more interested in for whatever reason and maybe mario is like this little gangly plumber that just won't leave her alone well i think in in, in like fantasy fantasy terms it's closer to say that bowser isn't like a is more of a like an arranged marriage type deal because he's royalty and you're doing the whole like resisting it <laughs> by being like a love yeah, love Matt marriage versus yeah. a arranged like yeah. interkingdom thing, right? Yeah, and maybe you're causing this war because you're like preventing <laughs> the, you know, arranged marriage for peace. There's there's, there's different places. angles you could take yeah. on it. There's also a kind of weird like like almost um, well, there's like a, I would say there's like a stage play level to it where 
they are all like the characters are obviously they're archetypes, but like they're like slot ins for like the Mario Kart game, the brawl game. Like they're they're just like actors on a stage. Well, and that's ex- in Mario Three. That's ex- Super Mario Brothers Three. That's yeah. explicit. In Two like, as well. There's kind of yes, like, yeah. yes, yes. Um, but in Three, it's really explicit to the point where it's like the the, the it oh, begins and ends with like a curtain call. And in the first world in particular, it's like the the levels themselves. I, I always wondered as a kid what it was. It took me years later. It wasn't years later until I understood because I was like, why are there these little like holes on the sides of like these rectangles in the background? It's because it's stage props. It's like explicitly like you're yeah. on a stage. Yeah. Um, like a, like a, like a, like a theater stage. Um, uh, there's also, I was going to say, there's a kind of like almost, um, <laughs> anarcho primitivist ish kind of thing going on where like, cause like the mushroom kingdom doesn't have any, it's all fantasy. It's all magic to the extent there's, I mean, quote unquote, ma- I mean, it's not even really magic. It's just this fantasy kingdom of just like mushrooms. It's, it's Alice in Wonderland. Right. Yeah. But Bowser has like cannons and airships. Yeah. Which he doesn't have in the first in Mario One, but Mar- that was what I was saying with Mario Three. And we know from the Japanese associate airships like evil for some reason. There's like a bizarre yeah, thing over there right. where like, airships are, are a bad guy thing. Yeah, is <laughs> absolutely. Um, That's like a universal Japanese thing. Yes. I, whereas Americans think airships cool, yeah. Japanese think airships cool, but also like, but also something that the bad guys have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he has like steam power and gunpowder and and flight and like mechanization and bullets and yeah. God knows what else. And, and yeah, so it's kind of an interesting, um, you know, like, like, uh, almost the Lord of the Rings vibe, Very, of, yeah. you know, like kind of vibe of like technology encroaching on this, this pristine anarcho primitivist ish kind of kingdom. Um, yeah. So, I mean, not to say that the, I mean, I don't even know how much that's like conscious or, or it doesn't even really matter. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, I mean, what do you what do you what do you take away from it at the end of the day? I mean, that to me is the more kind of relevant question, or, or at least more interesting question than like you know, is it quote unquote art? Is it like you know, what do you take away from Mario? I don't know. What do you take away from Mario? Uh, so this is a I'm gonna I'm gonna do this comparison a lot because I think it's the most I think we probably should tie this up that I get the same things I get out of it from like Alice in Wonderland in that it is kind of an experience of a fantastical world. And you're not supposed to understand it. You kind of just muddle through. And I think that's, like, to me, it's what I get out of Mario. It's like, oh, I'm kind of just, it's, it keeps you off balance in the same way that. So, I'm a, so do you know, you know, Alice in Wonderland actually is about math. We're, we're going to do this. I don't know if we're going to do this now. Not now. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But that's not most people. Re- well, certainly Alice herself, not that this, again, is like absolutely definitive, but, you know, the, the little girl that Lewis Carroll was molesting. That, like she didn't know that it was about math. She just thought it was like this weird thing, right? Yeah. So like, you know, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. And certainly for like, you know, as a kid watching the Disney cartoon, yeah, which it, is probably my I think most most people's yeah. like, yeah. Um, but like that, and there is like a kind of a fantastic joy to that, which is more innocent. I am just, I you basically it's like a it's, I not survive. It's not survival horror, but it's like a survival game where you're trying to, you are constantly off balance. And pushing through and figuring out how to do stuff in the you're finding out the rules for this thing and exploiting them or basically muddling through essentially being it's this mario sensation being pushed off balance figuring it out <clears throat> well, then, well that was what i was yeah so that, i guess that to be is sort of where it ultimately lands is or at a certain level is is um like 
the, the, the thing that distinguishes interactive visual auditory media, quote unquote, video games from non-interactive media generally is the interactivity, right? Meaning like there's a, you know, there, there's, there's, you, you, you do something, you see a result, there's a feedback loop that doesn't exist certainly in, in any kind of that kind of qualitative way with other kinds of media. Um, yeah. I was going to throw in that there is a similar thing of increasing difficulty with books. I think I, I, for a lot of especially higher literature. Like oh, I'm you, not saying that's why I was trying to, yeah. like, that's why I was qualifying it. Absolutely. Yeah. You enter in, a, that's what I was, I 100% yeah. agree. Um, but it does, but the book, the text of the book doesn't respond to, yeah. to changes in the kind of yeah. way that a video game does, right? Mm-hmm. That's the key difference. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it becomes ultimately a question of like, you know, when, when, when you're interacting with this medium, with this object, with this, you know, cultural object, art object, whatever, um, that they'll be calling a video game, uh, the, the degree to which it responds to you on a kind of instantaneous basis and, and provides for certain kinds of kinesthetic opportunities um, for like the joy, for example, just the joy of mastery. Like you were talking about speed running earlier and, and especially in those uh, in the Mario one and Mario three, they have like timers and you're on a timer, you get a high score. It's very kind of arcade in this way. And you can, you can, it, it's designed and seemingly intended to encourage a kind of competition um, really explicitly actually in the two player mode between like Mario and Luigi and you and your friend who are like basically competing for like, okay, who's going to get the most coins, who's going to get the most points. And, and it scores you at the end of each level. Um, so, so then it, I guess like, you know, maybe that's inherently lower. I, I would, I would, I would be okay with saying that it's, you know, that, that it's, it's a, as opposed to like reading a, a, you know, really great, you know, like, like a novel heart of darkness or, or, or you know, crime and punishment or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah, you're not, you know, that, that, that encourages you almost requires you to, to engage your critical analytic mind, um, in, in certain ways. Like, even if you just read heart of darkness for like the story or, or, or whatever, you know, the first time I read crime and punishment as a 14 year old, I was mostly kind of swept up in the, in the internal world of, of, of the, you know, the, the, the main character. Um, and, and I, I didn't pause to consider like all of the themes the way that I would now maybe, but still, it's like, you know, it, it still has this profound effect on you and it makes you think in a certain way that obviously you're not thinking. And, and, and maybe the kind of the the um, the experience of of mechanical joy uh, or, or joy in, in exercising the mechanics, you know, like in, in interactivity between the game, the joy of mastery, joy of completion, these kind of things. It's 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 a lower order than yeah. than reading a novel. Well, you could argue that <clears throat> like in the same way that you can read novels at a higher level. You can play games at a higher level. Like if I would say, if I was to read Hard Darkness and say like, wow, I don't like the blacks. <laughs> that's the same as if I like muddle through something and kind yeah. of just play it, right? Yeah. Well, if I'm speed running Dune and I'm thinking, well, I don't like them because, oh, where I read Hard Darkness, I'm like, oh, well, I don't like them because I have to deal with them. That's the message of Hard Darkness is like, you don't, if you don't deal with these people, they're fine. Like they're right. perfectly adequate. But, but then if you actually have to, yeah. If you force yourself to deal with them, oh, that, that's like a deeper level of, I would say like oh, that's probably easier than speed running, but like yes, you, you, there's levels of any any medium has levels of interaction where you yeah. can get better, you can get more out of it. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe this isn't. Uh, I I think we should. As I said, I think you're right. We should we should end it here. Maybe it's a unsatisfying and imperfectly satisfying conclusion. But we'll finish um, up the Metal Gear episode, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Transition right in. Once and, and for all, we'll finish this question <laughs> and never talk about it again. 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's to me, it's like, you know, again, to me, it's not a, even a question of like, and, and, and Mario games are exceptionally well-crafted. I think the downside to the, to the extent there, there is one, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing video games. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing Mario games. Uh, I, I like Mario games and, and, and I especially loved them as a kid. And maybe that's who they're most appropriate for. Um, I, the, the, the thing that the, the, in the back of my mind that, that, um, you know, if I want to be whatever elitist or something, or, or, or be a kind of killjoy about it is, um, yeah, compare, I mean, maybe Metal Gear ultimately is a little too try hard. Maybe Kojima is, is a little too reliant on stuff, but at least in a sense, he's trying, you know what I mean? Like at least he's like, he's saying, oh, we had, and he does have some smart stuff to say, I think, especially in Metal Gear Solid four about the rise of private military corporations and, and the interact, you know, and the kind of war economy and this kind of, I, I think there's some, some genuinely kind of, you know, incisive stuff he has to say. Obviously, none of that is happening yeah. in, in Mario <laughs> at yeah. all at any level. Could you also like way? I'm, I'm kind of spoiling yeah. content. He was way ahead of the curve on that stuff. Not in the sense of like PMCs exist, therefore bad, which was already being done, but like the military exists as a nation within a nation that has its own interests and is being abused. Yeah, broadly, like that was that's way like. That's probably something right. dealt with, really. Except for that, like, very few people deal with, like, there's a kind of civic nationalism among soldiers where they are more similar to each other <laughs> than the actual nations they fight right. as yes. a result of this hyper, like, yeah. industrialization where, and that's, a, and, like, there are universals and cultural norms among soldiers that don't speak the same language, but they feel more kinship to Even each on, other. Even on, like, geopolit across geopolitical, like, enemies, like, yeah. you know? Like, I'm sure a, a grunt in the U.S. military and a grunt in the Chinese military... <laughs> But I mean, could yeah. have a lot to talk about more so than definitely on the American side than with like regular American civilians. I'd be curious on the Chinese side. Yeah. Well, there's a common uh, refrain. You'll see, not common yet. Well, it's getting there. But guys are looking back on their experience in Afghanistan and feeling like, oh, I'm more similar to like the average Taliban fighter than I am to the average American. Yeah. And that's a very like direct, like very yeah. direct thing. And uh, you get a similar thing with um, like there is kind of like a, a cold war in Syria right now between the Russians and the Americans with like equally peacekeeping, but supposedly rivalries, but like every on ground interaction between them is like high fives and waving <laughs> and like, no, they're not. It's a level of like, just, yeah. Cause they both have the same stupid ROE where they can't, right. they can barely defend themselves. They both don't want to be there, but they're gotta be, they're both like making the best of it. They both live in like very comparable conditions. And that's just that's it's just how it is and Koji, no, and no one's addressed that really except for kojima so you know you gotta give him credit for that right absolutely well we, as i said we, we will definitely be doing metal gear solid episodes probably sooner rather than later we just need to line that up yeah. um i don't know how much we ended up to, but i mean mario is as you say mario is almost synonymous with like video, video game. games as <clears throat> such right yeah, so this he's is the just, he's the genesis of like well it was this, the first story based video game or video game with a narrative is, it, 80, yeah. 80, is 81 Jumpman was Donkey Kong, right? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a there's a narrative, yeah. Right? Some, I mean, it's a basic, I mean, it's a yeah. basic one, it's but like it's the there. Cave, it's a cave painting, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, you know. The archetype for video game narratives, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so, Mar, you know, talking about Mario is, is in in a very real way, as I think we kind of illustrated today. Um, it's it's a way to talk about video games as such. So, um, we'll, we'll I, I think I do want to talk about Mario Kart somehow, maybe in another episode or something i think it's like enough of its own thing well yeah we could do like a joint mario kart and smash brothers episode i think those two okay. are very complimentary and like all right what they do and how they do it yeah kinda, yeah i'll fill an hour at least like, how much can you feel, talk about mario kart right 
We can talk about kart racing generally. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see a racing generally. I don't know. I don't know that much about racing. Anyway, all right. Uh, I, it's been long and meandering, but I hope interesting. And uh, in any case, um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. What uh, if we do a show ends at an hour of 2020? <laughs> no, I, a, lo- a little longer than that. We're, we're, uh, no, I'm saying this, like, the Mario show ends at, like, what? <laughs> yeah. 55 minutes. Well, but these are all, oh, these are great. We're reflecting. Like, what does it even yeah. mean, man? Well, if, if you if you didn't want to be subjected to DK figuring stuff out, you, would, you wouldn't be listening <laughs> you to You wouldn't podcast. be listening to this show. Yeah, so <laughs> good touch grass. You don't like it. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Yeah. Dom, girls are dumb.